Cut the wood, stack the wood, season the meat, smoke the meat. You ready to eat? 517 BBQ. I hope you like my little poem. Come join us in the drive through or order on your favorite app. Located at 427 East Oakland Ave, Lansing, Michigan. 517 BBQ. Welcome to Grand Kai Gaming. This is your first time here? I'm glad to have you. On this channel, you're going to find tournaments, reviews, gameplay, and so much more. If you find this content valuable, consider subscribing to the channel. Welcome to this ENT podcast featuring Mr. Joe Walker. Mr. Joe. Mr. Joe. Mr. Thank you all for tuning in. I am the Word Heavyweight Champion, Mr. Joe Walker, and welcome to this podcast brought to you by this ENT.com Proven Esports Group 517 Barbecue and Grand Kai Gaming. Grand Kai is using his 10 years of sales and marketing experience to help you grow your esports career. He's got some helpful videos on his YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe at Grand Kai Gaming and check him out on Twitch every weekend. He does interviews with notable people in the gaming and esports community and industry. He also holds weekly tournaments called Ultimate Warrior. There are loads of action, lots of fun. And make sure you follow him at twitch.tv slash Gaming. Me and my four-legged friend are just taking in some fresh night air. Mm. Ah. Relaxing. Take that deep breath. Exhale. Feels good. Especially when you've been cooped up. Spent a lot of time writing today. I wrote a lot today. A whole lot. And now that it's nighttime, nighttime is the right time for a stroll. Just to relax, clear your head, juggle some thoughts. So that's what we're doing, me and my four-legged friend. And we're glad that you all are joining us. I was going through some some old reviews I'd written. I've been on this kick of going through some of my old notebooks. And you know now I'm starting to go through some old articles that were published by various publications earlier in my career. And just looking at all the, the albums and stuff I've reviewed. Man, I've reviewed a lot of albums in my career. Thousands. It's ridiculous. It's not really ridiculous, but it's, you know, it's just interesting to think about. It's, it's, did I trip over that? Did you trip over that? Who kicked that? Don't matter. It's just interesting to think about the the number of sets I've listened to various genres various artists some artists I've 
I've heard every album they've released. And then I started thinking, thinking about, you know, stuff that came out before, you know, I started writing professionally. Like my career kicked off in 98. And yeah, you know, I got to share my thoughts on some, on some gems. But then I think about some of the ones that really impacted me, you know, the years before that. And with that thought in mind, it took me back to 95. <laughs> it's just crazy to think about 95. And what popped in my head was Junior Mafia. In the instance I started thinking about Junior Mafia, a couple different images popped in my head. One, going to this open house um, with some friends of mine and some of my cousins. We were all together. And um, this was around a time that uh, Crush on You was out. And I'm mixing it up because Crush on You was, what, 90? 96 Crush on you was 96 that wasn't 95 that was 96 but yeah but that was in my head anyway because we went to this open house and we just had I remember us having so much fun but that single was was hot white hot you know like Kim and C's an album version you know it was just little C's and then they dropped the video and Kim spit on it and it just really took the song to a whole nother level. I think that's what people wanted anyway. They wanted to hear Kim spit on that track. And they came out with the video. And you know she had all the, the colorful outfits. And you know, it, was, it was a good video, man. And, you know, Lil' Kim, by that point, was a, she was a superstar. But anyway, um, 95, Junior Mafia. Um, I was thinking about the night I was up watching Showtime at the Apollo and Junior Mafia was on that show now I used to love seeing hip hop artists come and rock that stage didn't too much see a whole lot of them you know during the amateur performances I would have liked to have seen more of that and for the ones who were brave enough to do it, you know, people give them more of a chance. You know, these used to just, you know, tear a rapper up, man. Like, dang, give him a, give him a second. But to see established artists come on there and rock that stage, I enjoyed it because, especially if they were from, you know, they were from the area, they were from New York. The crowd would be hot for them. But as many times I watched Showtime into Apollo, I'd never seen a reaction like the one I saw this particular night. So Junior Mafia was performing. They did Players Anthem. It's like one of my favorite songs at that time. It's also one of my favorite notorious B.I.G. verses. Like big, whew, big snapped on that verse. Incredible verse, man. But watching the progression of that performance, the crowd was hot from the second they hit the stage. 
No doubts about that. The crowd was amped. You know, YC's was performing. And then you saw... You saw the excitement of the audience pick up once Big grabbed the mic and started spitting. Well, when Big started spitting his verse, because already, of course, he already had the mic because he's spitting on the chorus. But when it was time for him to spit his verse, and the crowd was just so into him, right? But as his verse wound down and it got back into the chorus, man, to see. <laughs> To see the buildup and the anticipation and that's the ovation for Lil' Kim. Yo, that was something special. That was a special performance, man. I don't know if you could call it her coming out or, you know, even if it's worth putting a label on it at all, just accept the fact that it was special and... The crowd was so into her. It was so hot for her and that that performance. And I'm glad you don't see that cat sitting there. You can't see that cat? <laughs> You're not losing your eyesight, are you? It is kind of camouflage between those between that brush though. It saw you. Anyway crowd hot for Lil' Kim and I remember watching it and seeing how they again how the excitement just picked up and it just escalated until she grabbed the mic I used to, I used to back Maxine Cadillac by the time she was her voice was in that microphone it was so loud and so amped up I'm like man That let me know that her place in hip hop, she was welcomed. She was the star that people thought she was gonna be and had the potential to be. <laughs> so thinking about that performance, I'm like, this reminds me so much of Michael Jackson at Motown 25. It was real little when it happened, but I still remember it. I still remember my sisters just falling all over themselves for for Mike. Like um when Billy Jean dropped. While we going down memory lane, when Billy Jean dropped. Uh, me, my mom, my sisters and I. Yeah, I was really little at the time, but I still remember it. I'll never forget it. We were watching this television show called Solid Gold. Marilyn McCool was the host, if I remember right. And they played the video for Billie Jean. And man, my sisters were like falling out on the floor and they were crying. I'm talking like sobbing over Michael Jackson. I was dumbfounded. <laughs> I'm looking at my mom. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with them? <laughs> Why is they falling out crying and pawing at the TV for this cat, yo? Like, what is going on?
Fast forward. Motown 25. Um, you know, he did the stuff with his brothers. And he, came, he spoke a little bit. And then he went into the solo and did Billie Jean. Man, by the time Mike got to the point where um, he did the moonwalk, man, the crowd was blazing, blazing hot. Like that, that the whole buildup and him, you know, even before that saying how he, he loves to do the old stuff, but the new stuff and he hit the poles and all. And the crowd was just going nuts. And they going nuts through the whole song. And then when he get to the part where he did the moonwalk and the place just exploded. That's when you, that's when you can see and feel somebody's star power. And I compare that Junior Mafia performance and how they reacted to Little Kim to that. I know some people probably are not going to agree with me and people who have not seen it can go back and watch both of those performances. They're both online. They can go back and watch them, you know, and decide for themselves. But for me, they compare. And at this point in her career, this point in her life, Lil' Kim is an icon. And people who came up on her, casual fans, her peers, looking back on that performance, it just gives you chills. Like, ooh, Kim had arrived. And she never never went away you know think about her many you know appearances on MTV at the MTV Awards or any of those shows where Lil Kim came out and people would people would question the way she dressed her behavior her etiquette but Lil Kim she was polarizing she was captivating she was unique among all other artists that were out, male and female, Lil' Kim stood out. Her look, her voice, the way she carried herself. She she held her head high. She walked and looked and behaved like a megastar. Like she was the most important act. Except when she walked up with Diana Ross. <laughs> with Diana Ross. Lord. That's another image I'll never forget. Uh, I'm not even going to mention it. You know what happened. But I would encourage you. If you're curious. To Google uh, Lil' Kim and Diana Ross. And you'll, <laughs> you'll see for yourself. But. Um, yeah Lil' Kim's an, an icon. And you. Watching her progression. You saw. You saw her becoming, you know, this megastar. And I, it kicked off. It really kicked off that night at Showtime at the Apollo. Like everything forward leading into her solo album, you know, her solo debut and all of that. Eh. I mean, what a way to introduce an artist. Now... There's people out there that will argue that, you know, what what really got people hot for Kim 
was her poster for hardcore. Now there was a a music store that me and my my friends would frequent. I actually worked there at one point. It was called Believe in Music. Uh, my bros worked there. It was a staple in our community. It had been for a lot of years. And it was a sad day when it closed. I can remember we went in there um, and got our first taste of Lil' Kim Hardcore walking in there and seeing that poster hung up on the wall behind the checkout counter. And guys of all ages and races would come in the store and see that poster and would just freeze. Completely and totally captivated. Women would come in, some women would come in and see him be like, oh, she nasty. And others would be like, yeah, Kim. But again, you're talking about from a marketing standpoint, though? Did they take a risk? Were they pushing the envelope? People would say that. But she was kneeling in a bikini. You know what I mean? Referral. Whatever. How is that any different than some of the poses that are in a swimsuit issue or on a calendar? It wasn't really that big of a deal. Before hip-hop artists, a female hip-hop artist, see how I jarred a few people. That's fine. But it just was another piece of Lil' Kim's legacy that like, we look back on now. We're like, man, those are iconic moments. So here, back to this, back to the Showtime at the Apollo performance. And if you, and if you can, you know, pull it up right now. You know, go, go online and find it and, and watch it. And, and watch that again. Watch the progression of the audience. Watch that anticipation start to build, and the excitement start to build, going from Lil C's to Big to Kim. I mean. They just continue to escalate their excitement. And then when she, she finally got the mic, I mean, she went, hadn't even started rhyming yet. She was just kind of dancing and the crowd was so hot. So I think about that moment. And again, I do compare that to Michael Jackson and Motown 25. Is Kim a Michael Jackson level performer? No. Can Lil Kim rock a crowd of thousands? Yeah. <laughs> she can. Does Lil Kim have her place in hip hop history, in music history, in entertainment history? You're darn right she does. In that moment, yeah, it's one of those moments I'll never forget. You all right, four-legged friend? You a fan of Lil' Kim? All right. Let's switch up a little bit. 
I would really like a new album from Bahamadia. Haven't heard a new Bahamadia record in a long time. And I would like one. Again, going on this this trip in time, going through old reviews, notebooks and things. Going through my own my own hip hop catalog from a fan and a journalist's perspective. BB Queen was big. I actually got to uh, interview Bahamadia and I had such respect for her as an artist and I admired her so much that conducting the interview man I was so nervous I was so nervous and I had some questions and I was trying to I remember trying to read the questions and I was fumbling and you know she was just kind of like yo you know it's, it's cool chill you know we're just talking and that vibe man um, she was just really cool and how she comes off you know on her on her music translated into how she came off in our in that interview and so BB Queen While it was short, you know, just like an EP. And you're talking like, what was it, like five songs? Five just, man, like, leave those rabbits alone. Just five really incredible songs. The production, the rhymes, the emotion of them all. Oh. The Slum Village sample, funky for you. <laughs> Look, we, you know, me and, and all my and all my friends, man, my brothers, and everybody. You know, I've mentioned this before on this podcast. You know, we ran a website called The Groove Spot. www.thegroovespot.com. If you just put Groove Spot, you get some old country type. <laughs> the Groove Spot launched our careers and changed our lives. And it allowed us to do some things and meet some people, people we never thought we'd meet, and be involved in some things we never thought we'd be involved in. From you know, exclusive with Destiny's Child to kicking it with the roots and so much more. The Roots and the Smoking Grooves Tour rolled into Detroit. And we had set up a time we were supposed to meet up with Bahamadia, all of us, um, th that day that Smoking Grooves came to Detroit. And this is when BB Queen was out. And we got caught up in traffic and didn't get there in time. 
to connect with her. I was so upset. A few different things happened that day that really it was a real it was a real emotionally heavy day for me, but I think I was just so anxious for all of it. First of all, I was I was just a young cat and I had organized this whole team to go out and cover this cover this event and you know, I wanted everything for everybody to be perfect and I think I just put too much pressure on myself that day. But rightfully so. Because it's you know, it's an, an important event for all of us. Not not everybody, you know, didn't stick with you know with that part of um would stick with music journalism and entertainment journalism. Not every not everybody continued in the profession. Some of us did. Some of us, you know, were still involved with entertainment in different ways. But then, you know, we were hungry, young, you know, hungry young writers. And getting to share our opinion on things that we enjoyed meant the world to us. And getting to meet the people who we listened to, man, that meant everything. We were just some kids from a small town, you know from a place that most people couldn't even pronounce correctly. But here we were, you know, sharing time with the artists and stuff we admire. But we, we weren't able to get there in time to link up with Bahamadia and I was I was very upset by that. But just the fact that it was scheduled and that it was supposed to happen and how all of us, everybody on the team, how we just we loved that BB Queen disc, yo. It was magic. We all listened to it like regularly. When we first heard it, you know, we calling each other and talking about different lines and just everything. It was such a major part of our conversations. And even when we weren't talking about it. And we were just together, it was playing. No matter whose car we were in, it was playing. And I'm like, you know what? I could really use a new Bahamadia, a new Bahamadia record. I like once an artist has matured, they've gotten older they've gone through so much more in life and that gives them a lot more to talk about and again I, th I think back to that interview with Bahamadia despite me being as nervous as I was and fumbling my questions and, and all of that just talking to her about where her life was at that time and here I held her on this this pedestal. I saw her so high up. And she talked about her her challenges as an artist. And working so hard just to survive. And that really struck a chord with me. Really struck a chord with me. And I'm gonna have to find that interview. I know I have it somewhere. My brother CJ plays uh, at, 
at one point, it's been a few years ago, you know, he came across it and sent me the file. I didn't even listen to it, honestly. But I believe I saved it somewhere. So I'm going to dig it up and find it. And maybe that's something I can share on this podcast. We can dig into it together. But Bahamadia, um, I don't know if if the type of artist she is has yet been fully appreciated. And I wonder what needs to happen for her to get that appreciation. Does it need to be a hit song? Another hit album? Just something she says in conversation? A, you know, a poignant exchange during an interview? Something that drums up interest again, but even more so, maybe more than ever before. Something that'll catch the ear of people who came up with her music and maybe even people who've never heard her music before. But something she says in conversation or something that somebody they listen to says about her makes them go and listen to her and dig into her catalog. Which creates a, you know, a new audience for her and new appreciation. I'm going to end with this. Back where I started. Lil Kim's Showtime at the Apollo performance with Junior Mafia when they perform Players Anthem stands out as a very special moment in entertainment history. Again, I compare it to Michael Jackson at Motown 25. And it's going to live on. And there's no way that anybody who loves music can watch that performance and not just enjoy it, but feel it. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for checking out the This ENT Podcast. You can find this podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular platforms. Make sure you visit thisent.com regularly all things entertainment.